<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to Living Your Life with Leanne Lang, brought to you by the new studios here in my daughter Andy's bedroom. Uh, but special thanks, as always, to John Milky from Blast Podcast to helping I uh, get the sound, the tech, everything working so that we get this podcast out to you as we have been doing since the start of the coronavirus. Okay, so from the COVID haircuts to the at-home gray hair kits, the do-it-yourself nail bars, and the tutorials of the removal of your weaves, your fake lashes, and your fake nails, many of you out there have been pleading for the beauty industry to be considered an essential service. This podcast, I hope, will give you a new sense of beauty from within. Throughout the years, Melody Yefaliche and I have spent a ton of time talking on TV about beauty, products, techniques, and the ever-elusive fountain of youth. If she wasn't talking to me, she was talking to other Canadian broadcast channels, chatting about similar topics, working on national campaigns, and lending her advice as a beauty expert on the shopping channel. Yes, she is one incredible makeup artist with her work in a number of high-profile publications, but it lies underneath what the foundation is to her, the mascara, the eyeliner, and all of the clients lining up to work with her. But as Melody explains it best, and I quote, I am a master of coaxing the confidence out of women, a nerd when it comes to age-defying skincare, and have a passion for teaching women how to feel their best without buying into the latest beauty craze. After 25 years in the makeup and beauty industry, I'm really looking forward to Melody sharing her daily tips and tricks for both men and women, and how we can best care for ourselves during this very surreal time in our life, without the amenities and without our professional services, and also for many, with a few financial concerns. Self-care is not selfish, it's actually essential. From skin to hair and everything underneath the skin, we hope that today's chat will bring you confidence, excitement, and a little bit of that joie de vivre, because I really want to emphasize that self-care is definitely not selfish. So Melody, I really can't wait to chat with you. I'm very excited about this today. How, How are you holding up? I've seen a lot of your posts, but how are you doing? Um, today is a good day, to be honest. Today's a good day. And I think, you know, without, you know, going into anything too tough, I mean, let's be real. There are some days that are honestly really good and I'm, you know, productive and I'm go, 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 and I can get things done. And then yesterday was just one of those days. It's no, it's, it's really not going to happen. And you, the guilt creeps in and you feel bad and it's a blue day. It's a low day. And you know what, you just have to, you have to let it be what it is. I think that's what I've learned through this whole thing is you have to let it be what it is. Give yourself permission to, you know, if you have to go there, go there, but know that the next day could be better, will be better. And so today I've been looking forward to talking with you too. So, you know what, having something kind of in, in my head and, you know, on the calendar and looking something to look forward to makes a really big difference plus there's other behind the scenes changes that i've been doing for myself in that self-care aspect of it i got if i preach it i got to be doing it myself (laughs) 
<laughs> I love it because by the end of this hour, hopefully you will have shared <laughs> a lot of those things that you have been doing for yourself. And it's interesting that you say that, that you have your good days and you have your bad days. And yet for a lot of us, sometimes, especially pre-COVID, a lot of people would cover things up with makeup and with a different look. And they, they put on a bright, cheery lipstick and a big mascara. And it was almost like, see, I look the part, so therefore I must feel the part. And I think for you, you've seen often that what you see on the outside does not reflect what's going on on the inside. Oh, absolutely. And I think with the idea that we are, you know, engaged in social media now more than ever because we have, quote unquote, extra time, um, we get caught up a little bit in it. But I think what I'm really liking uh, and seeing is that there's almost this brand new approach to beauty where we're seeing the roots come through in pictures. We are seeing um, faces without makeup on. We are seeing you know, without the glam and the glitz and the the cover up, if you will, with a lot of people. And it's nice. And I think so many of us are being unapologetic for it, which is huge. We're letting, not necessarily letting ourselves go. We're letting it go. We're letting that facade go. We're breaking it out. We are all in this at the same time. So we're not the only one, you know, I'm not the only one whose gray roots are coming through and that I'm fighting against. Um, there are times where my skincare routine has like, I'm going to tell you, just gone off the rails. And by that, it means like, I didn't do anything today. I didn't wear any makeup today. I may not have showered today. And you know what? I'm going to bed and I'm still not doing it. And you know what? It shows a little bit, you know, with, uh, you know, the skin going a little bit weird, but I think we're all starting to really appreciate that, um, we can use beauty and makeup in some ways as as a cover up to you know what can really be going on but i think we're really leaning towards appreciating our own selves at this point and it's huge because you know what we're all kind of while we're still very individual looking i think we're we're looking similar in the idea that we're because we're all in the same space same space same place if you will that we're not using those tools in a way to look different, look like somebody else. We are who we are. And I think, I know I am starting to really appreciate that, but appreciating it with other people as well. Like I'm really enjoying seeing it. It's a freedom. You know, it's, it's interesting where you, Yes, and it is. And I think even, you know, gosh, I worked in television for 20 years, but even seeing the reporters and anchors having to do their segments from home, right, that without the magic of lighting and makeup artists, like you see the real, it's, be, I think people are becoming a lot more real. And I think what I enjoyed most, and I, I think the first trend, I mean, we had the COVID haircuts, I, I have to admit, oh my God, Melody, I butchered Tony's hair, like butchered. Someone had to come and save it. Taryn, Taryn had to come and save it. Um, but you know, the, I found one of the first ones that really started to circulate was women being honest about the gray hairs. And, you know, and that yeah. I think was the start of releasing this, you know, this facade that they didn't exist in the first place. Right. And I think that was probably the first breaking point of people just letting their guards down. Yes, because here was something that you could not control. It's going to happen. It's nature. Your hair is growing. And so many of us keep on top of that. I'm every three weeks to cover up those roots. And I went close to the eight and a half, nine week between, you know, coloring my hair. Thank goodness for, you know, 
loyalty pays has, you know, has its privileges because I can get an at-home kit, you know, for my roots. And it was just more me. But really, the longer it went, the more it was kind of, I'm okay with it. Everybody else was doing it too. So if you happen to go get your essentials and you saw someone else, you know what? It was kind of like high five, you know, that stranger in the aisle. We didn't, (laughs) but you kind of give that in your mind, high five to someone because it's like, you go girl. And even you know, gentlemen letting their hair grow out or the grays are coming in because, yeah, they do some of those routines as well, too. It was just really nice because it was it was like a bonding thing. You didn't have to know someone. You could see it coming through. And yes, I think that's what started breaking down the barriers of going from, you know, pretty and polished to pretty and being au naturel. And this is the process. I think a lot of us have learned how to appreciate our, our glam squads a little bit more. But yeah, it was it was the start. It really started breaking down uh, the barrier of, you know, that kind of outer beauty and those, you know, rituals that we do. But at the same time, I think it brought us closer together because we were all, we weren't al- corny as it sounds. We just all are not alone in this. And it just kind of brought us all mm-hmm. together. It was a sisterhood, if you would. Yes, it was a sisterhood because you were high, you know, you were seeing people in the aisles at the at the drugstore. It was sold out. Like I remember my mom saying she's been wanting to cover her grace, but she goes, I keep going, but it's sold out. Like these products were flying off the markets. You know, when you yep. think of all of the products now that you can't get, I mean, you can't purchase a bike because people are now biking everywhere. Who knew that biking yep. was going to be such a, you know, people would catch on to being out in nature and going for a family bike ride. Uh, but it's a lot of these different products are really starting to pop up. So, you know, these are some of the fun stories that that we're finding as we're all going through this experience. Let me ask you something, though, because I want to get into kind of what it is that people can actually do for their self-care over the course of this. You know, we're still in it, right? That These yep. essential services aren't popping up really fast. And once they do, let's be realistic. There's going to be a long waiting list. They yep. won't be able to take the same amount of clients as they could in a day. And so you're going to be still waiting. So this is going to last you still for months to come. For you, when did you start to realize that this is where you were meant to be in this industry? Because it's a it's a competitive industry. You've got to, you know, there's there's something to it. But even when you were younger, were you like putting makeup on dolls? Like, how did you know you had a flair for this? Oh, actually, the good story, actually, I was probably around five and a half, six years old. And I absolutely loved any of the commercials that came on TV that were beauty related. So if it was even the Clearacel commercial, you know, and let's be clear, uh, I grew up in the 70s. So I might call out some interesting commercials that some of you may remember. But I was fascinated by the shampoo commercials and a lot of them, obviously the American brands, right? So it was fun to see. I had no idea that you could buy this stuff in stores. I was a kid. And I absolutely loved the transformation process. It was like, you know, this cartoon woman walks into the, you know, oasis and it's all animated. And then she starts shampooing her hair and it turns into flowers. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that was like just so amazing. But I was just really inspired by the idea of that transformation. And then I would funny enough, I would, this is sort of embarrassing, but funny. I would, as a child, I played in my room a lot by myself. I enjoyed my solitude, but I would reenact as best as I could those commercials in the mirror. And I would repeat, you know, the verbiage that it was in the commercials. So there's my little intro into, you know, some marketing and stuff. And then, you know, my grandmother used to tease me that I talked a lot. And while lo and behold, look at this. I can, I, I got to put it on TV. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I grew up 
doing what I loved as a child. And it wasn't until um, I think it was in high school. I was always into makeup by the time I started babysitting and, you know, make your own money. You start going to the drugstore and you have no clue as to what you should be picking up. So I think my very, very first purchase was um, black eyeshadow. Like that's extreme. <laughs> I was probably about 12, but I was fascinated <laughs> by, I was fascinated by the power of it. And I think there's still always a black eyeshadow in my, uh, you know, beauty bag. It, I, I figured out how to, to use it properly. And then by high school, it was my part-time job working in hair studios. So I actually started in hair. And when it came time to, I loved it. I, I loved how you could see people walking in. The clients would walk in one way and, you know, from the shampoo bowl to I'm going to date myself again to the, you know, the perms that were popular. And you could just see those chemical transformations happening. But all the stages that would happen, they would walk in one way and they would leave totally different. It was like a different person was leaving the salon. And I was truly enthralled with it like it was just one of my favorite things ever I couldn't I don't think I could find the words to explain what that was for me but I knew there was some sort of magic the magic for me ended up going over into makeup because the truth was is a pair of scissors and um, chemicals, you know, for color and perms and stuff like that was not safe in my hands. I was not, I was young, but I was not confident with that. But I think it was also a matter of knowing that's not the direction I want to go in. And I just, you know, switched over to doing makeup in retail stores and whatnot. And that's where I got my, you know, started exercising, you know, the use of the brushes and gaining my confidence. And again, it was just one of those things where it was makeup. So it was kind of, if it didn't work, it could be washed off. There was no permanence to it. So you could express yourself and it's like, oops, that didn't work. You could start again the next day, or you could start again right then and there and go fresh. And that's how I ended up going into the makeup aspect of it is where, but again, that same satisfaction of going from, you know, one way to like, Oh, wow. You know, but there was that magic that happened in between before you started doing, you know, the hair care or you started doing the makeup. There was something in there that was unreal for me, surreal, if you will, which I absolutely loved. I love that. I love that you knew that you didn't like the permanence of any mistake to be made with hair, you know, because there is so much pressure on that, but that with the makeup, you could play with it. And in yeah. saying that, I look at it also as an artist, because the artwork, especially when I've looked at the professional work that you've done and for magazines and, and high, you know, high fashion magazines, it's artistry. I mean, it's not just, you know, trying to create this natural bronze look. You have like a thousand colors and palettes and themes and, you know, an art direction. So were you artistic also? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's so sad. No not artistic and I did not like art class through school and I think again it was probably just a confidence thing as a kid where I didn't feel I could so I didn't try but I had the creativity and I had the imagination so it was in there it was inside of me somehow it just wasn't meant for uh, you know pen and paper or painting or yeah my creativity was just different it wasn't uh, as a young at a young age it wasn't I didn't express it visually. It was often in my head as a kid. 
how do you explain it now? Because I've looked at, you know, pictures that have 15 different colors on an eye and, you know, looking like you could be on a safari or looking like you're part of like a Taylor Swift, uh, you know, unicorns and rainbow. Like you've done absolutely every different thing. It just comes out now. I think I am just, I let it flow a little bit freer. And sometimes, like you said, there's art direction. So for on a set, you know, before a photo shoot even happens, there are pictures that come through, inspiration pictures. So it's not by any means copying someone else's work. It, it's snippets from all these different images that come forward. So you have to have your own creativity, but the idea of using, you know, someone's um, another image that has certain shades in it might bring it together. And then you start looking at your palettes and thinking, okay, well, this color and this color goes well. And sometimes to be honest, I just feel it and I have to go with intuition. I know it doesn't sound like how artsy is that, but it, it is intuition. It's kind of like, I have a feeling that I can push the boundaries on this and let's add something extra. And there's other times where I, you know, I literally take a step back and I look at it and I go, you know what? That's it. I can't, don't touch it anymore. Leave it alone. Um, so yeah, the creativity kind of just flows. A lot of it is just, I, I let it happen and I, I have to feel it. And there's an intuition to it, you know, trust the gut. Okay, so most of us, I can't even trust myself to try to do a, an, uh, an eyeliner that's the cat eye. I have yet, in all of my years of being doing my makeup, is like doing that extension of a black, you know, the, the yep. one that goes up. I, I have yet to be able to do it. I think for most women, what is the comfort level that you find most women deal with? For me, it's a mascara, a blush, and a lip gloss. And where I do have, you where where for you is that basic that most women should have or can feel comfortable using? And where can they kind of just let whatever things they see on Instagram or on commercials and just let those pass by? I think the majority of women are like Julianne in that it's just the basics because you're confident and comfortable in mastering them. They are easier pieces to work with. You know how a mascara goes on. You know that if you layer it more than once, you're going to get fuller lashes. Swipe of a lip gloss. Bronzer is easy because it's a subtle, you know, subtle color. You don't have to be specific. Am I wearing the right, you know, blush color for my skin tone? Bronzer is kind of, there's forgiveness in some of those, those items. So I think a lot of women tend to be um, more on that side. There's less experiment experimentational women as far as it goes with their beauty routines and the older I get the more I'm a little bit more simplified in it as well and I enjoy a good you know makeover if you will where it's you know from sweet and you know soft and natural to like just rock the smoky eye and you know a bold lip I love it as well but the majority of women are not comfortable with extra makeup. And that's one of the secrets I've learned in my chair. So when I'm talking with clients and I'm doing them for their, you know, for their headshots or getting someone ready for television interviews where they don't know how to do certain things. So they don't do it. And then their, um, their confidence isn't there in attempting that. So they stick with the basics. It It's nice and easy. And it's still a great way to you know, take care of yourself. But a lot of the, con a lot of the confidence, confidence comes from trying it again. And like you say, that winged eye, I'm going to tell you something, true confession. It's easier for me to do it on someone else than it is on myself. 
because we're more critical about the work that we do on someone else. And it's, oh, I could never wear that or I couldn't do that. But do you take that extra time to try something new that you've seen? But I also like the idea that just do what works for you, what you feel comfortable in. And sometimes, you know, add a little bit more to push the boundaries. But, you know, your own comfort boundaries, it could mean, you know, a different shade of lipstick or something, not necessarily a lot of makeup. But I think a lot of women lean towards that. And I think it's okay, because a lot of what we see on social media, as far as and that's even changed drastically right now because you're not seeing the same things. But even a year ago, what we were seeing was um, cookie cutter image where it was the same hair, same makeup style. Everybody was trying to achieve literally the same face of, you know, a few certain celebrities. And now women who, who don't wear as much makeup really also are a lot more comfortable with their, with themselves. I find there's a difference. Yeah. Well, I saw a lot of like, there was that lip, you know, that plump lip that people were trying to get like those Kylie Jenner lips, right? Oh, yeah. For one. And then you had I, I all I'm seeing is fake lashes everywhere. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. And then you know, you've got these like, really big highlighted cheeks, like, there's a lot of different things. But what would you recommend if you had to say, here are five basic you're, you know, you're getting out of the shower in the morning, what would be your five basic things to be able to feel fresh, feel like you've kind of given yourself a bit of a of a, a lift, you know, to get out into the public when we're when we're back out there, or for many of us just to stay home <laughs> at home. But what are your like five things that you're like? These what is what you should have, and these are the things you can skimp out on, and that you don't really need to buy into. Um, I think um, a lot of the ex, the highlighting and the contouring. I don't think you need those. I think truly, let's go with mascara is often a desert island. Uh, you know, must have. So I'm going to go with a mascara, some sort of lip product. The choice is yours, but gloss is so easy. Even a tinted lip balm will do. Um, A bronzer, that's safe to use because it'll give you a hint of color to the skin. It'll give the skin a little bit of dimension instead of that, you know, just that kind of um, not flat image. That's not what I mean by it, but it'll give extra shape to the face, a little bit of extra warmth. Definitely. So what do I have? I have mascara. I have a lip product. We have our bronzer. I'm going to say blush. It's often a scary product for a lot of women to have, but a blush is a great way to add in a pop of um, color to yourself. And you know what? I'm going to say a complexion product. So whether it's a tinted moisturizer, a foundation, or a concealer. The one complexion product that helps kind of even things out is what I would say. So those are my top five. And you can do quite a bit of looks with that because believe it or not, um, your, I mean, I could play with those quite a bit because even your bronzer and blush can go from cheeks and face to your eyes. So you're kind of doubling up on some products there as well. I figured you would say the BB cream off the bat. Yeah. Like, so yeah. Right. Like so. Yeah. So for me, it's like a, I I put my moisturizer and a BB cream together, and that's pretty much my that's the base. Yeah. And and so you go from so you mentioned that like I was waiting for that to come out in your yeah. top five, and so and so you wrapped up with that. So with that being said, where are you can spend forty five dollars on a mascara, or you can spend nine ninety nine on a mascara. Where for you are the highs and lows of where you should be investing if you are going to go with certain products. So um, for for skincare, I would definitely say 
um, you know, high price point doesn't necessarily make it better as long as you're shopping for your skin type properly. Um, but for makeup, save on your mascara. That goes in the garbage every three to four months anyways. I never pay it for my professional kit for myself. I don't pay top dollar for mascara. Um, bronzer, I'll pay a little bit more for. So mid-range, just because you want to have um, going mid-range expands the colors, the brands and the color selection for you. And so I would go mid-range with that. And foundation of all the products, I think if you're, you know, your budget for your makeup, kit, whatever, you know, even in your personal makeup bag, my, the bulk of my dollars for my beauty budget would be spent on a complexion product. And not saying that you have to spend, you know, $100 on a foundation or tinted moisturizer because it's brand X. That's just something that needs to be very, very specific because the color has to match. The formula should match. You should have you know, it's, it's an extension of your skin and the way your skin will look. So I think that's where you should invest your dollars in, but you don't necessarily have to spend a hundred dollars to do it either. So those I think would be my favorite ones. Okay. And so you, you said right off the bat that you throw out your mascara after like three, four months. How many of us, and how often do you realize that women don't do that? Uh, like quite often, <laughs> quite often. I think it's like, really. Yeah, okay. We're not doing that. Yeah. It's like, really? I should. To be honest, your product, the expiry on a product starts ticking down the minute you open it up. So even if you use a mascara and buy the best on the market or whatever magazine the internet tells you is the best one, if once you open it, it ticks, the timer is on it. It ticks down. And it's really just for a... I, and hygienic purpose and health for your eyes. You just kind of don't want to mess with that. Creamy products tend to go a little bit faster. But yeah, most women, well, I only used it once six months ago. Oh, just let it go. If, if you don't use a mascara more than once in six months, you know, then you definitely don't want to be spending a lot of money on one either. But yeah, toss it out three to four months. Wow, I hadn't thought about that. The moment we open the package, it's like, it's like driving a car off a lot. It like starts to depreciate as soon as you drop you, you drive it off a lot. Yeah, in some cases. Now, what's funny enough is the cream, any cream makeup product will, as soon as you take that lid off and air is exposed to it is when the countdown starts, right? So that's when, you know, the use by symbol or date on a product, that's when it's effective. So if I bought it on sale a month ago, but I didn't crack it open you know, until 30 days later, it's the time I pop the top on it, it starts counting down. And cream products go, can go funny a little faster than powder products. Powder products have a, uh, a lot longer longevity. Okay, so I think a lot of women or people, I'm not, I'm not just going to go with the women, but uh, through this COVID have done like decluttering of like pantries, junk drawers, uh, bathrooms, cosmetics. So it, it's not surprising, right? When you're thinking of it, like you had these favorite products, but you didn't use them often. So you save them yeah. and you're, you have a hard time throwing things out because, oh, I love this palette, but I've, I think I have eyeshadow palettes that were from years ago, but it's yeah. that thought like, well, I didn't use them. There's still so much color left, Yeah. but you're saying it's not safe. It's not, it's not to our benefit to use them. 
No, after after a certain time, you do need to toss those products out. Now is a really good time, and you know, don't worry about being productive. You know, in this time, you know, even with your beauty routines or your you know your makeup and beauty stashes, if you will, whether it's a bag or drawers, and you know what, just as you notice it. If I think that it's not just because of this, we have a little extra time because of, you know, being in quarantine. However, it also doesn't mean that a month ago we started, you know, six, what are we, eight weeks in, I think. It doesn't mean all of a sudden, you know, because of quarantine that you have to throw them out. I think you're just more aware of what needs to go. The truth is, is, you know, when you are looking at things, one, look at the age of the product. How long have you honestly had it? Be be real, be honest. Let go of the guilt. You're already paid for it. You're losing money on it because it's sitting in a drawer. You're not using it. Next, if it's um, past its expiry date, throw it out, you know? And then I think the last part is be honest with yourself about your purchases. I do it often where, you know, it was a great idea or I fell into a trend or it was something, a brand I wanted to try. And then you feel bad because, oh, I'm not dipping into it as often as I should. You know what? Don't let it clutter it up because it just reminds you every time you look at it, you know, it was a shopping mistake that you might have made, you know, a little buyer's remorse kicking in. Just let it go. Stick to the, the pieces that you will use and you love. Okay. So... What I love in, in a lot of the discussions that we've had, and, and we've had them on, on air too, is no matter what you're putting on the skin, it's really the beauty that we're, we're talking about can be created from underneath the skin. It is our largest organ. And, you know, for you, I know the skincare is the, an essential part of the work that you do, because as much as you want to cover things up, what you're left with is the baseline of what, how your skin is and how it looks and how you're taking care of it. So can yep. we hit on that, your, your skincare, why it's so essential, where we should be putting emphasis and why we're doing it? Yeah. So I think one of the big mistakes that some of us make is, you know, something goes wrong on the skin. What do we want to do? You want to automatically hide it, cover it up. So you're putting on makeup. There are some days where, yeah, you want to go on with your day. So you put your makeup on, but it's what's happening underneath. You need to take care of that skin. I'm a little bit of a skincare freak. I love skincare and I stockpile that stuff probably more now than I, I ever have, probably because I need to try some extra anti-wrinkle formulas and stuff going on, you know, with me. But um, I think it's really important to make sure that you have a good skincare routine for your skin type. Don't be caught up. I'm going to be honest. Don't be caught up into all the marketing and this anti-wrinkle stuff and detox that. I'll really, you need to do your own research. Don't be caught up in what everybody else is saying about a particular product. There are times where I've bought into the hype of something and been let down. Why? Because I didn't look a little bit further into a certain product and could have realized before I bought it or ordered it that it wasn't for me. It wasn't for maybe for my age group, definitely not for my skin type. So taking care of your skin does not necessarily have to be pricey, nor does it have to be extensive to work. I think when you have a good routine going on and you are consistent with it, you'll get the results. But you have to be honest with yourself about, you know, keeping up with that consistency because, you know, as with anything, you know, you take vitamins, well, vitamins are all going to work so long as you're taking them. Eating properly is only going to fuel your body and make you feel good for as long as you follow that plan. Um, as soon as we go off, you know, off the program, whatever that program is, you can start seeing things revert back to where they were before. So I think with skincare is, you know, it's essential. And 
one of the things is, yes, it is the biggest organ of the body. And a lot of us forget that. We forget what the skin does for us. It's an insulator. It holds our body together. It, it you know, it's the wrapper, it's the packaging. It also is the organ that gets the most external abuse sun, temperature changes, climate, all that sort of thing. And we often forget about it. Or a lot of us only do, you know, our face and think that it stops at the chin, you know, at the jawline. It's like, no, no, we got to take it all the way down. We got to take it all the way down. There's more, more skin below, you know, past the neck. So it's, I think it's pretty important. And I think in, you know, more importantly, on top of that is what I have really noticed is that taking care of my skin has actually become part of taking care of me. It's almost that whether it's five minutes or a 35-minute routine that you do, three products or 10 products, whatever you want to dedicate to it, that there is a satisfaction of checking something off your list. I got that accomplished, which I think is really important right now, especially in the times that we are. So that, you know, small amount of time that we dedicate to taking care of our skin, you know, it's it's protective. It's uh, to help with the rejuvenation process of our skin because that changes as we age and other stress factors. But I also think that it's about giving back to yourself where think about, you know, when you're putting on your, when you're washing your face, you know, and you do, you know, with your fingertips or you're using a facial cleansing brush and then you go into your moisturizer or your serums and you're spreading those on your skin. There's something to be said. It's, it's about giving back to yourself and then you have good skin to go with it. You know what I mean? So there's, it, there's a lot more for it to me. And especially now, I think it's really important. Those treasured moments like I said, five minutes or 35 minutes, that mask that you do or the quick peel that you're doing, you know, at home. It's really important, I think, for uh, ourselves. But it's also, you know, if there's anything that you you do do on those down days, I found that even taking that, you know, that shower, not necessarily wash my hair, but, you know, brushing my teeth and putting that moisturizer on really made a difference. Those few, you know, those few minutes where I gave it back to myself. What would be your critical things in terms of your skin, you know, the skincare? I mean, you talk about it going past the chin and the neckline, right? We oftentimes when we're talking skin, everyone's just assuming we're talking the face. But, yep. you know, as you mentioned, it's pretty much it's it's the bubble wrap of our entire body. So what are some of the things other than um, just the serums and stuff like is it are there certain foods? I mean, I know that there are certain foods that are great for for skincare or, or you know, because it's from the inside out. Uh, oh, I am like, so like a lot glad. of what you're doing is yeah. saying that you know you're putting on serums and you're putting on things, but how much of the work needs to be from the inside coming out for the skin? Oh, I am so glad you brought that up because I have a post ready to go for Instagram later, kind of inspired by our chat, and it's kind of one of the first things I went to. So, um, what's happening right now during COVID nineteen and quarantine, and depending on where you are, lockdown. Guess what is the um, I don't know, the consumption product of choice right now is alcohol. You know, there's a lot of extra cocktails going on. There's a lot of extra wine drinking happening, but there's also caffeine happening too. And both of the, you know, coffees and teas where we're, you know, really enjoying having those extras because some of us don't have to get up the next morning or we don't have to get up the next morning quite as early to go to work or we can hide <laughs> behind, you know, uh, 
a conference call or something. So there's there's that pleasure in enjoying that, but the alcohol and the caffeine have detrimental effects. To it'll show up on the skin, but it also affects um, the alcohol and the caffeine are dehydrating to the skin. They interrupt the nutrient absorption process in digestion and upset your digestion. They also um, affect, they interrupt sleep. And those, you know, proper nutrition, and I'll go back to that, proper nutrition, proper sleep, and of course, you know, lots of water, really, really does help from the inside out. And funny enough, I'm actually using this time. I have decided, I've jumped, I'm all in. A wise young woman said to me, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And she's talking about COVID-19. And you think, no, uh, you know, this time of quarantine is, you know, can be really upsetting and whatnot. But there's also a gift to be had with it. And I'm taking the opportunity to use this for myself. I started working out a month ago. And I've been working out every day since. Then going back to the nutrition, sorry, I trailed off a little bit, but going back to the nutritional part, I actually started incorporating um, powdered adaptogens into my routine because, uh, so a little bit more of that Ayurvedic approach where, like you said, Leanne, it starts from within. So, you know, I'm trying, I'm using ingredients that are helping to balance my gut inside, you know, so it, you know, preserve and have that uh, natural digestion process take care of itself, work that way. Some of the adapt, I can't even see the word adaptogens are, it's new to me. That's why Um, the work um, for your skin. So there's different formulas and the different, you know, plant-based adaptogens that will work from the inside out. So it's not going to be a quick fix, but what it helps to do is helps to heal on the inside. So you can do what you want on the outside and it's, it, it's a band-aid approach, but if you go from the inside, then it definitely makes longer-term changes, and you see those benefits as well. I'm actually seeing some of the benefits. Within the first week, I started feeling a little bit different. There were things happening. Plus, I've changed my eating habits, so there's certain things that have come out. Like, I've told, oh, yeah, quarantine time, I've totally, I totally, I preach self-care all the time and there are times where I'll be the first one to tell you that I probably would be harder on myself or not in you know taking care of myself as I should and I just jumped right in so there's you know there's working out and it doesn't have to be hardcore for anybody so exercise is good it keeps the micro you know keeps the blood pumping obviously but it keeps the micro circulation going which is part you know, fountain of youth for the skin. And it works on so many levels. Then what you eat, you know, I can't speak from a full nutritional level. I can only speak for myself. Um, But yeah, what you eat shows up on your skin. And for anybody who's having weird skin issues right now, I can guarantee you there's an excess of caffeine or alcohol in your daily routine. I'm not saying ditch the drinks. (laughs) Not saying that at all. Find other ways to kind of um, counterbalance it is all it is. So add that extra water, make sure that you're eating properly. And yeah, you know what? If you like your glass of wine or two or three a day, honestly, this is a time, enjoy it. Like don't don't feel guilty about doing these things. Just find a balance to restore that. Because I've had a few, you know, the DMs or the emails come through. Melody, my skin is off course. It's like, mm, first thing I will ask them, what's your beverage of choice lately? And for sure, it's always, you know, it's, you know, it's cocktail time and enjoy it. Have fun with it. There's, you know, we may not get another chance to have these, these days that we're having, but yeah, it definitely all the way 
back to from the inside out and just be, you know, kind of balance it out somehow. Okay, I'm sitting in Andy's room right now um, yeah. and I'm looking around at all of her products. I mean, she's 15, right? So this is the age where they kind of get into everything. But I've just noticed that um, on her desk is like, she stole it from me. Now I know where, um, is that roller, the, can you see me rolling on my face? Like the the, the marble or whatever they're made out of? Oh, like those yeah, blocks? like the, yeah, the jade rollers. Yeah, the jade roll, exactly. Now I'm just, mm -hmm. I don't know if you can see me. Now I'm actually using it. <laughs> As I'm talking to you because I just picked it up. You know, when people are talking about fine lines and stuff, like, are these all mimic? Like, like, is it is it marketing? Is it that it just feels good? I mean, or can you see somebody sitting there rolling their face out for, you know, hours at a time? You know what? I think there are, honest to goodness, there are some benefits to it. I'm going to tell you one thing when it comes to the jade roller. I'm the laziest girl on the planet. I don't, I, I've had them and I, no. I just get it on with my fingertips. But having said that, that's just me. You know, some people, again, it goes back to that enjoying the process, you know, getting into it, enjoying it. And there are benefits to it. You know, it's a massage to the skin. It helps increase the, um, you know, even underneath like that microcirculation. And it just really helps to stimulate, you know, a little bit deeper down for, you know, added benefits to the skin. And it's a wonderful way to, you know, put your products on as well, too. Like really? there's nothing so, okay, wrong. So it's not yeah. so you actually would put them on like a creams and stuff with the roller and roll yeah, it on? Yeah. Well, you I mean don't add it to the roller like you do yeah. toothpaste to a toothbrush, but put your put your moisturizers on or your serums on and take that moment and 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 roll it in. Okay, so it's not like a total I mean it's other than it just feels good if you have the energy to do it to yourself. You exactly. Know? But like I try to picture that I'm like ironing out the fine lines. No, no, right? No, no, it won't. So. We wish, but it won't. It's there is, it's a popular product, but I think it's very. There is a lot of marketing behind it as well. But that's again, that's my opinion. Okay, so speaking of the fine lines, it seems like the older we're getting, the fine lines. Like for a while, it doesn't really bother you, but then you find like things get stuck in the fine lines. <laughs> is that a, is that a fair way to say it? Like. Maybe yes. most women will be like, oh, I get what she's saying. Yeah. Things get stuck in the fine lines. Like, yeah, it's like it's like you wake up one morning, it's all good. The next day, where the heck did that come from? These lines, these frown lines between the brows, around the eyes. You're putting on your makeup, and that makeup isn't working. It seems to be getting stuck in the lines. And yeah, so it's just kind of when that happens, you gotta you gotta go back and and tweak what you're using. You know what I mean? It's just if that's a concern for you and that's where your concentration is every time you look in the mirror, then you know what? Take a step back, literally, and reassess. Reassess what you're using. I know that you started this conversation off with hair, right? Because that was like the first introduction when you were like five and six and seeing these beautiful hair commercials. And they start with like the frizzy hair and then they walk out with like this beautiful coiffed hairdo. Oh, yeah. Um, right now, I think people are starting to maybe feel like hair's falling out. Uh, yes. stress, anxiety, right? So you're oh, taking the showers when people are finally taking showers after like two, three days sometimes yeah. in COVID. Uh, you know, but the hair, what's happening when our hair is falling out? What's happening when it's thinning? What are people able to do there? Because I know for you, especially on the shopping channel, hair was a big component of what you did. Yep. Actually, what was interesting is a lot of, you're absolutely right, Leanne, first of all, like that, that stress, that anxiety that's happening with a lot of people, the unknown is putting, you know, pressure on us. And I know for women, men will lose their hair too, but women lose it differently. So I'm not excluding men on this, but 
women lose it differently. And change of season, stress, hormonal things have, you know, a factor in it as well. But you can take uh, nutrients specifically made, like you can go to the drugstore and you can actually get tablets that are made for hair nourishment. And, you know, it, it can take quite a few, quite a few months to repair that. Obviously it's taken a few months to get your hair into that state where you find it, you know, you're losing it or it's shedding, it's thinning. So yeah, I would definitely go into something. And to be honest, I'm not a gummy fan. So there are some formulas that are in gummy formats. I just feel that for your dollar, make sure you get the maximum amount of nutrients that you can in a product. And then it's specific for your hair. Okay. So there is a way of being able to make it stronger, make it, you know, it it can. And it's similar to skin. It's done from the inside out. It's not that you're putting it on, uh, uh, you know, and it's like a conditioner that will magically not make it fall out. When it's coming from the root, that's where it's happening. That's exactly where it happens, you know, and it's nutrients that are specifically created for your hair is what you want to go after. It's like, it's nice. We can take a multivitamin. It's got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But if there's a certain area that you want to boost, like the health of your hair, then go in specifically uh, for something for your hair. Okay. So that exists at a drugstore. That's yeah. Shall we call out a product? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? At this point you might as well. I think if, if women are starting to, or men, and does this work for both men and women? Uh, Yes. The, so I, people know I, it's a regular in my make, in my beauty routine anyway. So it's not a big secret. I talk about it often. So I use the Viviscal, which is a tablet and I've represented the brand over several years. And that's the one I did on the shopping network. And because it works, I don't talk about anything or call out a brand if it doesn't work for me. Um, it's a beautiful product, but yeah, this one is, they do have a men's version because men and hair is different in their genetic makeup and how you know, it, they lose it, how it thins for men versus women and the reasons why we shed or we thin. So it, can you, it, can you tell us some of those? Because I think there are women here who are looking at their men going, how can we help them? So what yeah. are the differences? So um, women will lose it. A lot of ours can be related to hormones and anything can upset the hormonal balance. So without being too sciencey that, um, Anything from, you know, post-baby to perimenopause, menopause, um, you know, regular stress, even our our monthly cycles can, you know, throw it off a little bit. So women have a lot more uh, hormonal concerns that cause the shedding or the, uh, the hair loss. And we lose it in different places than men do. Men will kind of lose it on the, on the crown first, like on the top. Women lose it along the the temple line, and we may have a little bit more of the, the receding hairline where it gets thin in the front. But it can get thin all over as well. So Viviscal makes it for both. Like there's a men's formula and a women's formula. The specific difference with that particular brand is that men's uh, the men's formula just doesn't contain iron if you're looking at it off the shelf. Men don't need the iron the way women do. Hmm. And you talked about it. It's funny that you say it's the balding spot, but I would think for most men, it's the receding hairline. Yeah, they'll have that too, but but it'll kind of, it's the, I mean, I know you and I can see each other right now on camera, but women will, we'll thin out and men have the whole thing that starts to go back. So it's, there's, it's called male pattern baldness and female pattern baldness, and they lose hair in different places and for different reasons. Okay, can I ask you, have you ever had men asking about wearing, you know, oftentimes they wear ball caps, but the ball caps, you know, often the pressure on the head. 
Oh, like, like heard that like, for them to stop wearing the ball caps because that's actually damaging the hairline. Um, I, yes. So about wearing the baseball caps. Yeah, it can be, or wearing hats a lot. I think it's also a matter of, um, so sometimes it can be literally the friction, but women, women have friction hair loss in a different way by wearing our ponytails and pulling our hair back. So there's, uh, it's a certain kind of hair loss caused by that. And then men will have it. If you wear a hat quite often, a lot of times hair loss in men is genetic. Let's be real. It's genetic. Um, but you know, wearing a baseball cap can kind of accelerate it in a little bit. And it could be just because the hair is covered up or it's a constant that you always have the hat on. So are you always have the hat on because you're not washing your hair all the time? Do you know what I mean? Like there's different, there's a whole different uh, set of rules for that. Okay. I'm, Cause I'm, I'm going through the body parts right now and I'm, I'm kind of looking around, but uh, a lot of the posts that I saw were women mostly, uh, showing their nail growth and their, like the nails, like that needed to be filled or how to take off their gels. Like, I mean, it's like, those are the tutorials that you see on all of the TikToks and Instagrams and YouTube videos. So, but at that point then things are coming apart, falling apart. And then you find that you're brittle or that the nails are damaged or that they just feel soft. Right. So what can people be doing now, you know, going au naturel, I would hope, um, that they're able to build up strong enamel and to feel better about it. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. It's enamel, right? For the nails. Yeah. Keratin. Keratin. Yeah. Which is that, you know, it's natural, uh, protein with, I think with the nails, First thing I would say is in this time, you know, we're not supposed to be touching our face and we're very conscious about either wearing gloves and wearing our mask and what we're touching and washing our hands, like so much more than we're used to doing it. So the first thing is, is cut the nails down. Cut. We're all cutting them down, cut them down. Just go to a natural length. It's a lot more sanitary. You can get under the nails with your nail brush. So you're not collecting things. It's scary to think about what gets collected. So you might as well make them short and keep them clean. And then buff off, like you have to keep buffing off some of the artificial nail over time. You don't wanna destroy the natural nail. And yes, once you remove any you know, shellac polish, especially if you're picking it off or acrylic nails, artificial nail extensions, you will see that your nails are peeling underneath. You know what? By keeping the nails short, you'll actually notice the grow out is faster and you're cutting off most of the damage anyways. You'll only have just a little bit left on your nail. From there, because we're washing our hands so much, I would highly suggest you have to allow your nails to have the time to repair themselves. And that could take months, especially if you've had on, you know, artificial nail enhancements for a long time. So I would suggest, you know, hand cream is one thing, but going after your nails, you want to use maybe like a cuticle oil, which helps keep that surrounding area um, hydrated, moisturized. It helps keep the flexibility in the nails. Yeah. After removal of those nails, they're going to be soft. They're going to be, you know, peeling, breakable, keep them short. It's less frustrating. Uh, then they'll all look the same most of the time and always keep something on that hand washing and all the soap and all the hand sanitizer is so drying to the nail itself. And that's where a cuticle oil is more beneficial than just, let's say a regular hand cream. It's, it, the, um, the formula is more refined for the nails and always keep on, if you can, like a base coat and a top coat just to prevent a lot of the water and the chemicals from the soap and the hand, san- hand sanitizer touching the bare nail. Sure. Change your nail polish out every few days. That's fine. You know, be gentle. Use non-acetone um, nail polish remover where you can just so it doesn't dry out the nails. But yeah, keep a base coat, keep a top coat on and it just helps and keep them short. 
we'll all get back to, you know, getting our extensions done in the end, but it's a healthier, um, it's an easier way to help keep them healthier and grow them out so that when you do want to go back and have them done, you have nails in great condition to start all over again. You mentioned the word extension. That made me immediately think of uh, the eyelashes. Everyone was like that the sad, I think that was the start. It was like the <laughs> eyelashes falling out. Um, is there a way to be able to rebuild those? I mean, it was like, oh, that's what your eyes really look like, you know? <laughs> so what are it? Cause that's, that's devastating for a lot of people because usually when it falls out, everything falls out. So a lot of women are finding that they're starting back from having really short eyelashes again. Yeah. And don't forget the whole idea. Think of like hair extensions that you can go from, you know, shoulder length hair, put in hair extensions in your hair feels fuller on your head. It looks fuller, but you have a whole bunch of length. So if you were to take those extensions out, you go back to your original haircut, right? which is about, you know, at the shoulders, for example's sake. So it looks like you lost a lot of hair. So in the process of lash extensions, the same thing, when those lash extensions come out, it looks like you have so much less lashes because in some cases, if you've gone dramatic with those extensions, you actually, you know, sometimes doubled the length, but they're also darker and they're thicker than your natural lashes. So when you remove those, it's like, ah, okay. There's those little wee lashes in there. But a lot of times the, the extensions can, you know, have caused damage. It's weight on your natural lashes. You are going to lose some of your lashes. That's part of the, you know, the downside, if you will, to doing lash extensions. But, grow, uh, you know, growing them back or getting them back healthy, you want to use like um, there's several on the market, Um of lash and brow serums that you can use. And you it's clear gel. You can put them on like you do your liner and honestly, and again, it's going to be one of those things. Hair has its own cycle. So you kind of got to work with it. That takes time. So these lash and brow serums, they're going to take a little while for you to start seeing a difference. So it's usually the first three months happens where, you know, the nutrients in those products are, are doing their thing. And then it could take almost another three months after that to start, you know, reaping the rewards of your, your consistency with uh, a serum for your lashes. Hmm which pretty much might time it out to when things actually open up in public. So yeah. you're giving yourself some time for, you know, to be able to, when we're, when we're finally out and about, hopefully maybe so. in the next couple of months. I think so. It's a, I get it. It's a little frustrating, but when it comes to the beauty industry itself, I think everybody has to remember that, you know, going back to a salon, that is really, you're having someone in your personal space. So you have two people coming together very, very closely. And of course, we're all wanting to take those precautions of being healthy, being safe and protecting each other during this. So it's have patience, but there are things definitely that you can, you can do at home. It may not be exactly how it was in the salon, but it's enough to help you, you know, feel good about yourself and to be doing something. And kind of check whatever it is, even if it's, you know, uh, a quick pedicure or a little mini manicure or something that you're doing at home. No, it's not going to be like the salon. That's why we enjoy going to the salon for these things. But you can check it off your list as like, if that's the only thing you did today, accomplishment done. I did something, you know, so it's, again, be gentle with yourself. Have patience. There are ways you can do it at home. Um, I have to say that now is not the time to be experimenting with things unless it's makeup you can experiment with color and whatnot but you know the haircuts and the you know wanting to change your hair color things like that no no no. hold off hold off let the pros take care of it for you because it's not going to be fun if you can't get in right away <laughs> to have it fixed 
<laughs> That's true. Oh, you know, and you mentioned the the masks a little bit earlier, and that was one of the things that I find I've done with the girls is, you know, you get on these these peel off masks or these like big like gel filled masks where you feel like you're like out of a horror movie and you're wearing yeah. them. Is that just like fun marketing? Is it just kind of just something to do for yourself and you know feel nourished for a couple minutes? Or are there benefits to doing that? Is it worth the buying three for five dollars? I'm putting in the, the life brand, you know, at yeah, shoppers, yeah. but are those things worth it? I, when you spend more, are you getting more? Like, can you have some fun with them and buy it on the cheap end? Or should you be, you know, spending money on, on the higher end brands? You know what, for, I love that you have the two girls and this is something that you're doing with them. So, you know what, it can be affordable. Go with the, they have great skin. They're young. They're, there's not a lot of concerns that they would maybe have you know, that need to be, you know, maybe the occasional breakout, something like that, but they're probably in a really good place for their skin. So you know what, Leanne, go enjoy, do this with your girls, have fun with it, take the selfies with it. It's fun. That's the important part. Do they need as much benefits out of it? No, but you said something about the idea of, you know, taking that minute out for yourselves or it's that girl time at home, Friday night mask with mom, you know what I mean? That's the important part. Um, if you, there are some that if you pay more for them, it's a different, a whole different set of ingredients that should be working a little bit deeper. I'm an old school gal. I like it squeezed out of a tube or scraped out of a jar. That's just my pre preference. You know, like if it's hydrating, I want to come out, you know, out of the tube, nice and creamy, slather that on as much as I want, and then rinse it off over the sink. I find part of the, um, the idea of the, sheet masks a little bit I'm not overly you know heavy environmentalist but I do in some of those cases I mean are we are we adding that product you know is it as environmental as you know it could be are there different choices absolutely you're buying a mask in a tube or a jar or do you buy it in an envelope and it's a sheet mask and you throw it out but i'm i'm in particular don't like the sheet mask because that means i have to sit down <laughs> in some cases oh. and it's a matter of you know it's great for that you it forces you to kind of sit down because it you know it may slide off if it's not one that attaches but that's probably why I like the old school because it would be, you know, like I can clean the bathroom while I got the mask on. It's, it's maybe a mom thing, you know, multitasking or think that I'm multitasking. So it's, it's personal preference. But I think you hit the nail on the head with it, Leanne, that, you know what, those sheet masks are going back to, you know, a quick boost of instant hydration, a little bit of clarifying for the skin if that's what you need. There's a wide variety. Have fun with them. But more importantly, I think it's a great thing that you can do you know with the kids you can do it with your bestie not now unless you happen to live in the same house as your bestie but it's just it can be really fun one of the products that I think a lot of people are starting to hear about is this charcoal was charcoal you know a big thing back in the day or why is there such um you know this promotion especially you know with the younger generation of what this could be doing what is it and because a lot of us, I think, older aren't really aware of, of the benefits or why people are using it. Charcoal is interesting because charcoal has been around for a very long time. And so, you know what, with a little savvy, uh, you know, packaging and adding it as an ingredient, it's made its its comeback, if you will. And there are benefits to charcoal. There are I just saw I was looking at um, juice cleanses online and there is a, a brand that actually has charcoal in one of their juices and I thought it was really interesting so there's there's a cleaning aspect if you will 
a cleansing aspect to uh, to charcoal. So it, it I've seen it in juices. It can be used to clean your teeth. It's used in skincare. Um, I haven't really studied it as deep as possible, but I do like uh, the benefits that charcoal can do. Like you know, in deodorants, like it just goes, it can be used quite widely cosmetically for different purposes. And in more times than not, it is a safer ingredient. That's why it can be used in so many different ways with so many different benefits. But if it works for you, use it. Okay. Uh, it's interesting. And, you know, just as you were talking about that, we didn't even talk about, like, we've already been chatting for an hour. It's amazing how fast it can go when you talk about this stuff. But, you know, we didn't even go into like the the Botoxes and like, this is not where we're going a lot. And, and that I'm going to save for like another podcast somewhere down the, the line. Right. Uh, and, and what we can be doing using yeah. things, but I I'm excited though, that you really do feel, and just to kind of wrap up what we're talking about, there are, there's a lot of opportunity for people to take this time and use some fun things or try some new things that are just going to make them feel a little better or glow a little bit more and not have to make this massive investment into anything at this time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I have to say a lot of I'm getting messages from some of my friends and some of my followers who are asking, what do you suggest? But and they'll specifically say, but I need to get it here. So they're running, they're getting their essentials. So they're either going into a drugstore or a grocery store. And what can they find? And you know what, there are hidden treasures in there. So yes, you do not need to spend a lot of money to find good products. But a great price isn't always a great product. Do the research, look into it, because what everybody else is talking about may just not be for you. So just look into it a little bit further and don't you know don't be afraid to go across several different sites to to kind of look and see reviews and whatnot but yeah it's a really great time right now to I think a lot of us are going deeper and doing you know like some aha moments and realizing what's important what's not important but as always I think you know taking care of oneself often resurges through this like it's a it comes to the it bubbles to the top and you know, beauty is just one of those ways of doing it, but your skin needs to be taken care of. We need to eat properly and we need to sleep properly. So, and they all actually tie into, to beauty, you know, from, from the inside out as silly as it sounds, but it, it's true. Okay. And you, no, but it's not. It is. It is so true. Just as the last couple of podcasts were on the gut and the microbiome and how everything that's happening there is affecting everything. I, I think yeah. people need to realize everything is connected. You mentioned the hidden gems. So just give me your top three things right now before we go um, as to what you're using right now uh, and your favorites. And uh, I'll kind of leave it with that. Oh, hidden gems. Okay. So one of my hidden gems is a luxury facial oil with retinol eight in it it's from Sweden. So that is my favorite, but cause I love facial oils. So that's a little bit on the, uh, that's no, that's definitely on the luxury side for most routines, but then you can go and there's a hidden gem of a hydrating cleanser in the drugstore. And it starts at like $6, the CeraVe. And it's, you know, it's widely known as being a really good one. I've recommended it for clients. And then because we will be spending a little bit more time outside, whether it's on your balcony, your front porch, or, you know, doing those bike rides, as you said, and, and extra walking, we're all seeing the outside a whole different way than what we might have seen it before. SPF. And your drugstore is an amazing place to find SPF. So you're yeah. telling us we need to put sunscreen on. <laughs> yes, please. That, that, that's helping with our aging wrinkly skin sunscreen. Uh, you know what? It's the, anybody who asks me about what do you recommend for aging skin? The first thing I'll ask, so do you use an SPF in your routine? And they'll be like, no. And I'm like, okay, that is your first 
and foremost product that you should be using an SPF. And I prefer them indiv- like individual. I don't like it mixed in with my foundation or my uh, moisturizers. I like a separate SPF. But yes, you know, some of us don't have that holiday. Okay, I, I thought I was winning. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought I was winning that just having the SPF. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So SPF for you is, is the number one on that list. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Anything else in closing? I mean, I always tried to get to as much as humanly possible know. and, you know, no, we can, you know what, we can save all those uh, cosmetic treatments for another podcast because I'll even share my journey with that. I'll be open and upfront with those. Um, I think if anything, be gentle with yourself. Sometimes your routine, I'm all about, as time goes on, I'm all about making it simple enough that you will do it, enjoy doing it. And it doesn't have to be a lot of products, it doesn't have to be pricey as well. There, it, You can use high and low, contrary to popular belief where you have to use all the same things from the same line. No, you don't need to. So really just take this time, reassess what's important. And I have to say, keep up with the beauty routine as best as you can. Just it's something that every day, I think mentally and physically has been something important for me where literally if that's the only thing that gets done that day, it's check it off the list. I've accomplished something and it's for me that I've accomplished it for. Sometimes it makes me go a little bit further and do other things like packing up a house to move, but other days it could be, you know, on the couch and Netflix, but dang, if my skin isn't glowing while I'm doing it. I love it. Melody, always a pleasure. And I should say too, it was a pleasure having you on the wellness cruise that we did along the Danube. I miss those just uh, hanging out, but you had some great, um, you had some great seminars there too, you know, on blending and on brushes. I mean, like the investment, you know, on even just your blush brush or your, you know, there's just, there's so many ways to go to it, but I've always really admired your expertise and loved our segments for all those years. Oh, thank you. I learned a lot. Yeah. I learned a lot. Yeah, even in my most basic of makeup applications, which I ended up having, like people didn't realize I had to do my own makeup every day, right, for the show. So yeah, there was no there was no makeup artist in at four o'clock in the morning. So I, I I learned my tricks. Although I'm very basic, I would watch Melissa Lamb next to me, and she had like <laughs> ten different <laughs> techniques and stuff, and I would be like done in two seconds, and I'm just like I I don't even know where to start. So at least I was able to I, I faked my way through it as best as I could. Yeah, and it looked great. And you know what? Again, it. <laughs> Each of us are individual in how much, how little we use and what, you know, what we feel makes us look and feel good. Now, it's awesome. Well, I know that you've made so many people feel good. I'll have the information. Hopefully people will check out your website and look at all the the talent that you have also as a makeup artist. Oh, uh, it's you. remarkable to be able to see, especially too, there's going to be, the, there will eventually be weddings again and things to go to again and prom. So hopefully they'll consider you uh, for that in terms of just having this, as I know you love this transformation, right? What you start with and what you end with and what you're able to transform for people. Yeah, and I'm mm-hmm. hoping to for, yeah. And I'm hoping to, thanks Melody. So for people, if you're listening, as always, share the podcast. Let your friends know about it. Uh, If you're able to rate them, great on iTunes. Tons of topics coming your way. And as always, thank you so much for listening and have a fantastic day. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. 
Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at averyrich.com.